This episode of Street Focus is brought to you by FreshBooks. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. As most photographers, I am drawn to the photography section of any good bookstore, and I recently discovered the work of New York photographer Gail Albert Halliban was while paging through uh, one of her recent books titled Paris Views at the Institute of Arts bookstore in Minneapolis, actually. And the cover of the book features a blue tin rooftop of Paris. And I, it immediately grabbed my attention because I photograph those same roofs uh, very often when I'm traveling to, to France. So I took a closer look and I soon entered into the secret lives of fellow Parisians. Gail's photographs offer the viewer a rare look into personal spaces and as they are seen from their neighbors across the street. So I was so intrigued by this project and the series of beautiful images that I immediately contact contacted Gail to be my guest on Street Focus, and she accepted. Gail, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I just love those images, and I have so many questions. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in New York, right? I do. I live in New York with lots of windows, and I look out my window all the time. <laughs> and see your neighbors. <laughs> and see my neighbors. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I envy you because I'm, uh, I'm not in a, a city. I'm, uh, I'm surrounded by uh, woods and wildlife, and I'm a city girl. So uh, I love it when I can travel to New York or Paris or any large city and, and, uh, and live in, a, in an apartment, actually. Uh, although a lot of people probably think it's crazy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the grass is always greener. Of course. <laughs> so how did this project come about? Was Paris your first series? No, I started the project um, about 11 years ago. My daughter was a newborn, um, so I guess 10 and a half years ago. And I spent a lot of time looking out my window in New York. And I was a new to New York. I had just moved from Los Angeles, where you don't see into your neighbor's windows. And I spent a lot of late nights looking out my window. And then when she was about a year old, we had a party for her birthday. And the flower shop across the street sent me flowers um, with a note saying, congratulations on the birthday. And I had never met the people across the street. <laughs> so they were spying on you and like you were, were spying on them. They were spying on me. And at first I was like a little bit freaked out. And then I thought it was just so sweet. And yeah. I had thought I had been alone in the city. It was a new city to me. I didn't know very many people. And here I had friends I didn't even know about. Um, and that sort of started the project. And I was curious what kinds of other relationships happened through the window. Okay, so, but you have a photographer, you were a photographer. I mean, you have a photography background. Yes, I've okay. always been a photographer. It was my um, project for my first grade science fair when I was six years old. <laughs> I made a pinhole camera. Um, so I've always been a photographer. I've done a lot of other things in my life also. In college, I was pre-med and I graduated college and I worked in a pediatric psychiatric hospital with a plan on going to medical school. 
Um, and then I decided to go to art school instead. Oh, did you? Well, that was quite a switch. <laughs> yes, it was quite a switch. And you never looked back. Um, I actually, I definitely always look back. Um, I think uh, photographers and scientists have a lot in common. I think we both um, have to look very carefully at the world. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think there's a lot of overlap between the two things. So so this started a series in New York, right? Yes. And that book came out um, about five years ago. Okay. And then... Um... Or I'm sorry, th- that book came out um, two years before my, my Paris book. Mm-hmm. The show was five years ago. Okay. So... So I can see New York. I mean, in the States, people keep their shades open most of the time. Um, you know, I mean, I, I suppose it depends on which city. But uh, it, I think that's something that in, in the States doesn't surprise me a whole lot. You know, it'd be easier to photograph people in their private space. But it's not something you did in a voyeuristic way. It was something that you started doing by contacting the people. Yeah. So in New York, I always wrote letters to the people who I wanted to photograph um, before I photographed and um, wait till I get a response from them. And once people agreed to be photographed, we would set up a certain, a very specific time to photograph. I would go over to their apartment. I'd put lights in their apartment and then I would be either on phone or on Skype with them talking as I was photographing. So you had to find a location across the street because obviously you quickly ran out of, of neighbors from your own apartment. Yes. So the project is, it's called Out My Window because it started out my window, but it really is about out everybody's window and what they see out their own window. So did you go through all your friends? And... Yes, I started with all my friends. Um, and then once I photographed all my friends, they told their friends. And um, it was a very slow evolving process where people just kept telling their friends um, and the project grew. So the project took me a good five years in New York. Five years in New York. But you live in New York. So I live how, in New York. How, did you come, how did you get the idea for the Paris um, project and how did you get that started? Because you don't live there. No, it's funny. In New York, we definitely like look into our neighbor's windows and it's a completely accepted part of the culture. And mm-hmm. I had thought this was an, an accepted idea everywhere. Um, and then I got a call from Kathy Remy, who's the photo editor of M Magazine of Le Monde. Okay. And um, this was right before Hurricane Sandy happened in New York. And she said, oh, come to Paris and do it here. And I thought she was a little crazy because she wanted me to come like 10 days after her call. She's like, I'll help you find people. It'll be no problem. We'll do it in Paris. Um, then I started to reach out to people I knew in Paris. And they all said it was completely impossible that French people do not let strangers into their home. They don't look at their neighbors. It was a shocking project in Paris. Um, But I had agreed to do the assignment for Kathy, so I had to go and do it. Um, And she fulfilled her promise. She did help me find 10 people um, who saw their neighbor's windows, who helped me ask their neighbors if we could photograph across the way. Okay, Um, so the project starts with finding people who are actually looking into their neighbor's window. Yes, so... If 
you look into your neighbor's window, I then ask you to go ask your neighbor's permission. So in New York, it was really easy because I was here and I could um, just write the letter or go knock on the door. Um, but in Paris, I actually asked people to do it for me. The person who lives in the apartment and sees would go ask their neighbor. And that actually became the most exciting part of the project was having a neighbor go meet their neighbor. Because sometimes, yes, they didn't, they didn't even know their neighbors. They could oh, have been no, across the street yeah. for five, 10 years without ever talking to them. So that was their first connection. So there are so many layers to this project, really, yes. because it's, uh, it's all about neighbors and community. So, um, so tell me, what, was, what were the reactions So before I went um, for Le Monde, I had so many emails from people I knew in Paris. They're like, you're crazy. You're never going to do it. It can't work. The laws in France are so strict about um, taxes that nobody wants to be photographed into their window. And privacy culture is so, um, so entrenched that people don't look at their neighbors. Everybody said I couldn't do it. Kathy helped me find 10 people who would participate. And once I found those 10 people, we did the story for Le Monde and um, they published it. It was a cover story and it was very successful. And so from those original 10 people, every they told their friends, we posted on, on Facebook. Um, it was in, the magazine issue was an, a bus shelter ad And it just really caught fire in Paris. Everybody wanted to participate. So from that, from those original 10 people, I was able very quickly to find another 100 people to participate. Wow. And they're all French. They are all, oh, pretty they much? all live in Paris. Okay. Um, so. A few of them are not French. Okay. Some Germans in there, a Swiss person, a couple Americans. But. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, as... <laughs> I, I think I've changed a lot because I've lived in the States now for so long, but it's true that, I mean, and, and my whole family lives there. I, I grew up there and uh, they close their shutters or their curtains, you know, the minute it's dark and they need to turn on the lights. Uh, and I know I drive my mother crazy when she comes to visit here because I never close anything. I I never Yeah, I don't even have curtains on my windows or, or shades in half of them. And I keep everything open with the lights on at night. It doesn't bother me, but it just drives her crazy. She's already, she's so French. And she says, don't you feel like you're in a fishbowl? Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I don't care. And, uh, and that is so not French. She always tells me, but, but you're French. How can you do that? <laughs> so I can just imagine the reaction of people, yeah, who know the French culture. Like, right. are you crazy? <laughs> This is never going to work. But I think we all kind of have that. Maybe it's kind of a fantasy of, you know, wanting to be more um, public. I don't well, know. I What is it, not, do you think? I think it's less about being public and more about wanting a sense of community. I think in this, think so. it used to be in Paris that you would go to the bakery on the corner and you would know the baker and you would go to the dry cleaner and you would know the dry cleaner. But now so much is happening online that we don't have the street culture anymore. Um, so people don't go out of their apartment and necessarily run into their neighbors and see the same people every day the way they did 
20 years ago. So I think a lot of people are craving some kind of connection. And this project gave them a reason to connect with their community. That's true. Yeah, I find it so sad that you can live just, uh, you know, literally feet away from someone and and never meet them, um, you know, in, a, in an apartment when uh, you just don't see, you don't always meet your neighbors. And uh, so you think that was more the, the draw. That's interesting. And um, so did you, um, so how did, how did you prepare for a shoot? Tell me the, the whole process from, okay, you met the neighbors, they contacted the people across the street. Um, what was next? So I had, I have to give credit to two other people who helped me with the project. I had two local Parisian photo assistants help me. Um, a woman named Sana and one named Rosalie. And so one of them would go over before I came to Paris and just do a reality check and make sure that the view would work. Mm -hmm. um, and we'd figure out what time of day the light was going to be right. Um, and I, when I went to Paris, I would do two shoots a day, one during daylight and one at dusk. And um, so we would go over and then I would go put lights on the side I was going to photograph. And then I would stand across the way, set up my camera. And then when I was all ready and the light was perfect, I would uh, call the person across the way and um, talk to them. And Sana or Rosalie would help me talk to them if they didn't speak English and um, just photograph. And I would ask the person whose apartment I was shooting from sort of what kinds of scenes they saw their neighbor doing so that we were creating something based on a genuine, um, re a genuine gesture. Okay, like I saw in the book, there is like a gentleman reading by the window, there are people going about, you know, um, they're, you know, walking through their living room, because you don't see much, well, smaller apartments, the bedroom could have windows, but usually it's more the, the living space that you see through French windows. Was that Actually, the case? Actually, I was very surprised in Paris, um, which was very different than New York, you rarely saw into a bedroom and you rarely saw into a bathroom, mm -hmm. which is different in New York. In New York, you definitely see those two scenes. Okay. And I, I think there's, there's something about the architecture or, or the privacy culture where the French, the private spaces really were more hidden from their neighbor. Uh -huh. So it is more sort of the public rooms of the house that you see. That you see, that's true. Um, and, and it's true that the cultures are so different. Like we, you walk into some an American um, home, they give you a tour. And um, that yeah. has always... That I, That's always been the rule in my house. And, and my husband is American. And I said, we don't give tours. Yes. I don't care if we're in the States. And I, that is just so wrong for me. I don't like it. So that, that is something in France you don't do. You don't show people your bedroom or, or your, you, people stay within the living space. I mean, now kitchens are more and more open. So. But it used to be that you had, uh, and, and a lot of homes still have two kitchens. There is the kitchen that is more open to the public and to your guests. And then there is a back kitchen, a smaller kitchen, where you actually do most of the, the cooking. Uh, but that's a private space. And uh, so the, the, those two cultures are so, so different. You're right. Yeah, and my French friends all say that I've now been in many more French apartments than they have because... 
French people don't tend to invite their friends over for a spontaneous glass of wine or um, just to stop by. Like here, I have two kids and here, if I meet somebody in the playground and our kids are getting along, they'll say, oh yeah, why don't you come over? We'll have a cup of coffee and the kids can keep playing. Yeah. And total strangers will have me over. In France, that's very unusual to be invited. And if you're invited, you're certainly not going to just wander around the apartment. No, <laughs> or and open I the refrigerator. Yeah, and I definitely <laughs> wandered. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's something that people plan. Said, oh, why don't you come over Friday night in a couple of weeks? We'll have some drinks or but right. that's oh, something you do spontaneous. spontaneously here. Yeah, that's more something you do like in France if you have a, a house in the country with a yard and you have the neighbors over outside. That's different though. That's the outside yeah. space, not in in inside the home. Yeah, when you know summer, summer nights having a, a barbecue or something that's more right. spontaneous. But you're right. That's quite interesting. So, um so you you put some lights and um It seems like it's more the neighbor that directed than the people who actually lived in the space. Yes, absolutely. It is about what the neighbor sees. It's definitely a collaboration between the neighbor, the viewed, and me. I definitely always want to make sure that the person I'm photographing is comfortable with how I'm portraying them. Um, but it is definitely... The, the person who's doing the seeing on a daily basis who is saying to me, this is what I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So if they spotted, uh, um, I heard you mention or read an article, uh, like they heard uh, somebody play music, but maybe they never even saw them. But that's something that always probably stood out. Like, oh, yeah, right, my neighbor exactly. across the street, somebody plays music. So you try to incorporate that in the right in the shoot. Because they're very uh, cinematic. Uh, yes. There's that, really that atmosphere. So, I mean, you can tell that there is added light but I mean you can't tell that's the thing it looks very natural it looks like it's just the ambient light of the inside the apartment in the evening hours they're just they're just beautiful photograph and I will showcase a few on the show notes for everyone to see um, after they listen to this to this conversation and also links to your book because really the book is a really large coffee table book and it's just those images are so big and, and beautiful so um, the images in real life are 50 by 60 inches so they're huge they're huge pictures. so the book is really i love the book and the publisher did an amazing job printing it um but it's amazing if you're ever in new york or paris where i have galleries definitely you want to see the big print because you can see the spines on people's books. I'm across the way. I'm using a normal lens, no zoom lenses or anything. And you can see the most fine details yes. in both apartments. That's amazing. So, so tell me about the gear you used for that. So right before this project, I did another project um, where I rephotographed places Edward Hopper had painted. And in the 1920s in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And I rephotographed the exact places he photographed. Um, and I did that project and my New York project all on four by five film. Okay. But there was one picture I could not make on four by five. It just was not working. And it was on the beach and the wind and the sand, it just never quite worked. 
Um, so I rented a camera um, made by FaZe with a IQ 180 digital back. It's an 80 megapixel digital back. And I rented it for that Hopper project. And I absolutely fell in love with that camera. Um, so I bought it. And that's the camera I brought with me to Paris. Oh, it's wow. My first project ever photographing digitally. And it's an 80 megapixel camera. Um, and I have just a normal lens and a wide lens for it. Um, and that's all I use. So it's very simple um, technology. Um, the ca- I mean, the camera is great, but I didn't have any crazy lenses or accessories, just sort of normal lenses. Um, and it's a great camera. And you just can see so much with that camera um, that I could, it, it more resolution than the four by five. Wow. Um, that wow. was great. And the switch to digital was really fun because I could see if I had the gesture I wanted right away. Yes. Um, so I could take a lot of risks um, directing people to be much more animate than I had been able to do with a 4x5. With a 4x5, I would sort of have them be very, very still to kind of make sure I had the moment I wanted. Whereas with the digital, I could have them be more alive and move around and just be themselves. And then I would know if I had the picture or not. Exactly. Yeah. You had instant gratification. So that helps that, that helps us as street photographers as well, you know, to get that gesture and, um, takes, um, some of the guesswork, uh, out of the equation. Actually made the process more like street photography Mm -hmm. where I could just kind of watch the people and let them be themselves. Um, and that, it was just so satisfying. I loved it. I had always said I didn't like digital cameras before this project. <laughs> and now I'm completely a convert. Yes, I can see that. That's funny. A lot of people said that. They said, oh, I don't know. A lot of people resisted it for a long time. I, I did too. For a very long time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and now it's like it's t- completely changed our lives. That's for sure. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus. And that's our friends over at FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. Do you know how much your business is earning versus how much it is spending, right down to the dollars and cents? Can you whip out a phone and quickly find out? Well, with FreshBooks, you can. FreshBooks is simple and intuitive, so accounting is not intimidating. And you can take your business with you wherever you go using FreshBooks for iOS and Android system. So go to freshbooks.com slash streetfocus and enter streetfocus in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial today. So any specific shoot that really stood out? for you and 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 why you know less the specific shoot than more more than the it was more about the specific relationships that Mm -hmm. came out so there's one picture where I saw I actually hadn't set it up before I got to Paris I saw this mother with her child in the window and they were just looking out the window together and we caught each other's eye and I went over and I asked her if I could photograph her um and so she caught my eye because she seems so like me looking out the window with her child kind of wanting to make connection. And her apartment was really messy the way any mother's apartment with a young child would be just like mine. 
And I really connected with her and I really felt like I had never met her, but I knew we would be friends. Um, and so I ended up photographing her and that's one of my favorite pictures in the book. Mm-hmm. And then, um, she and my friend Rosalie, who was helping me on the project, became good friends. And they're actually meeting on vacation in India in a few weeks together. Um, so the fact that through this window, a relation, a real friendship came and a real yes. relationship came was even more important to me than the picture, which is one of my favorite pictures. Um, but I think it's my favorite picture, not only visually, but also the relationship. The and, the, mm-hmm. and the same, I would say, as the cover of the book, um, that was also a picture that I hadn't planned before I got to Paris. I was photographing from my friend Norbert's apartment, looking far to the right. We had, I, my assistant had set up a very skewed angle because she hadn't made connection with the person across the street. And as we're shooting from his apartment, the woman across the street catches our eye and um, we start waving to her and, and um, stand on the balcony and yell to her and say, can we come over and photograph you? And she's like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. So we went over um, and explained the whole project and I had my New York book and I showed it to her and she's like, oh yeah, sure. You can shoot from my apartment. And so we shoot from her apartment and then we go back and I realize the picture really is from Norbert's apartment to her apartment. So I, I asked her, can I photograph from your place to Norbert's? I mean, the other way around. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, I'm not going to be here at four o'clock. So I'm going to leave you the keys and set up yourself. Um, and she like totally was generous and open and gave me um, such access to her life and her home. And it was just so generous and so nice. Yes. Um, so th- yes, I love that picture. Um, but I even love more that she just opened herself up so generously to me. Yeah. It's the stories and the, the encounters along the way yeah. that make probably for you that, 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 project even more special and how do you think it has changed the relationship between neighbors then i mean i definitely think people have become friends through my project i had a book signing in paris and almost everybody in the book was there Mm -hmm. and um they'd all really had genuinely become friends um and the project all started while new york was having a big hurricane um, the Hurricane Sandy was hitting yes. New York. And I became very aware during that project how important neighbors were for neighbors and how everybody's safety required knowing your neighbors. So I think I made more of an emphasis on really making sure people connected and making sure we had a glass of wine after the shoot to celebrate and everyone get to know each other. Um, so the project really, really became about building community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Um, I, again, it's just, uh, I, I just love it. I, I think it's, uh, both. And I haven't taken a, a, a look at your, I haven't seen the, the New York book yet, but, um, I urge everyone to, to, to go check out both books because those images are just so stunning. So what, where do you want to take this project next? I'm actually doing a global version of the project. Okay. Um, so I'm doing that two ways. One is I'm flying wherever I can and doing the project wherever I can. Um, but that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't figured out how I'll fund that yet. 
So in the meantime, what I'm doing is asking people all over the world if they see into their neighbor's windows to go ask their neighbor if I can photograph. And if their neighbor says yes, we set up a time and I have the viewer um, connect their camera to a computer and we screen share and I operate the camera remotely from New York. Wow. That's amazing. So that's been really fun. It, as it so well, that's going to be challenging too. Yes, it is very challenging. What What's the main challenge for that? Well, I suppose the Wi-Fi connection to start yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, really, it's um, just making sure everybody has the right technology. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do one in Bhutan right now, and it's yeah. hard because Wi-Fi isn't that great there. And um, I do need people to have a decent camera in their hand for it to really work. Um, so it's really technology yeah. um, and just getting the technology into the right people's hands. And then cultures. Yes. And culture. So I've been doing a lot in Holland and Holland culturally is so incredibly easy. I mean, mm -hmm. the window is such a part of Dutch culture and they do wave to their neighbors through their window and they set their windows up to be looked at. Um, it's a big part of their culture. So there it's very easy I've been trying to do it in Tokyo where they're very private and that's been virtually impossible. Um, so um, just sort of having access to people in within these cultures is the hardest part and just meeting people. It's really about meeting people. Wow. So are you planning another book then once this, once you have enough images for this uh, global so project? I'm always planning another book. That is so great. Oh, I am just so exciting. I'm so Thank glad you. you made the time to, uh, to, to talk with me because, uh, again, I was just blown away that you managed to do this in Paris of all places. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's impressive anywhere, but, uh, much more realistic in my opinion in New York than yes, than totally. in Paris and you pulled it off in such a superb way and uh it's it's stunning so uh, where is the exhibit and where is your work shown in Paris you said uh, there's the a gallery yes Esther Waterhouse gallery okay well we'll put a link and uh I may try to make a trip there on my next visit in January because uh, uh, I'd like to see the larger prints <laughs> Terrific. That is so great. So where can people go to see more of your work online? Um, the best place is actually my New York gallery, um, the Edwin Houck Gallery. Okay. H-O-U-K. And they have the New York work online, the Hopper work online, and the Paris work online. Great. And I'll put the links to the show note and definitely I'll put some of the images because I know after after talking about this, everybody's going to want to go check it out. So I'll I put a, so. a few images on the on the show notes for uh, the, the this episode. Thank you so much, Gail. And I'll Thank definitely you. go check out your work, whether it's in Paris or next time I'm in New York in the spring, because uh, now that you say that those those prints are so large, I want to see them <laughs> that big. Oh, great. Thank you. And good luck for the rest of your global project. Thank you so much. Thanks. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and to check out Gail's beautiful images. Also, Street Focus is on Google+. Please join our growing community there. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. 
and uh, that really helps us out. And thank you to everyone who's uh, who's made the you know the extra step to do that. That's awesome. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Yeah.